I was on Instagram and I was on Joseph Solomon's page and looking through, I saw something that really caught my eye. Um, it was a poem called Blackface. And the poem spoke about how blackness has become an accessory in our society today and a means of capitalization and money making, pretty much. Today, the boys, I'm sure, are very nervous to talk about it. Mm-hmm. No, you're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, today's topic is my blackness is not an accessory. So, I was the person that actually put this forth because I was watching um, a video, um, a poetry video by Joseph Solomon, and he spoke about two pastors, white pastors, coming to him and being like, listen, we want more black people in our church. What do we need to do? To me, that struck a chord because it's not about bringing people to Christ anymore. It's about how diverse can we be now? How many more cultural people can we bring to our church? So I don't know what you guys think about this. So what do you think is part of the topic for you guys? My blackness is not an accessory. Uh, there is a rant that people need to look up on YouTube that was done in 2013 by the infamous Kanye West. Oh, Kanye! At Pusha T's listening party, and he was basically going off about culture vultures. Oh, it's the first time I ever heard a term like that. It's become popular. It's very popular. Culture now. vulture. Culture yeah. vulture. Yeah. Really? So he's he's his uh, where he was coming from is that people. Pusha T and Kanye were known for, or Pusha T specifically was known for making luxury drug, drug rap music mm-hmm. while dressing in high fashion. And it became a thing on the internet where all the kids would follow what Push was dressed in and all that. And also Kanye, we know, was in fashion or whatever. So yeah. they just felt like uh, they had pushed black hip-hop culture to the forefront of popular culture. And then what happened is that the people in the popular culture space took and appropriated that culture that Pusha T and Kanye had started and they began to monetize it but they were, had no connection to the culture. To the culture. That's the key point of, of, of accessorizing oh, a true. culture and being a culture vulture is that you use it but there's no connection to the culture and in, most, and in some cases, which is, which is bad, in some cases, which is bad, there's no investment into the culture. Mm. So even Louis Vuitton, I, just, just to end off the point, I don't know if you guys remember that scandal with Gucci, sorry, where they were making Soto designed jerseys. And it's like, okay, why are you using the Soto culture as this fashion brand, but this, you didn't even use a Soto designer. No you have, you have no relationship. You didn't even go pull David Tyler for Pete's sake. Like you, you just... You just appropriated the culture and there's no reinvestment into the culture you're appropriating in terms of, hey, I don't know what it looks like, man. I don't know what it looks like, but it, 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 it is kind it's of... It's culture biting. It's, it's biting. Yo! Oh, hey, Frank. I nearly... Yo, you laid it you down. Went yeah, you went in. When, when, when I first heard about the topic, and it, it was very counterintuitive, when I first heard, about, heard about this incident, I was like, okay, is that really much of a big deal? Mm. Is it really a big deal? Are we reading too much into it? And mm. uh, this some of some of the times this uh, these are the conversations I have with some of my colleagues. Um, 
that working within um, sometimes predominantly white spaces um, and sometimes turning to each other as black people and this is just a narrative, a metaphor and, and speaking amongst ourselves um, looking into the happenings and the cultures and activities through the lens of uh, I, I want to say racism um, but that factionism of race and culture mm. and um, my one caution has always been to make sure that we are not seeing something where there isn't anything there isn't any. there's a thing that my wife likes to say she actually says if you're looking for something if you really 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 search for something you'll you always will find, find it will. whether it exists or not you will, you will find it so as we like talk about this topic I'll just I just want to say that there's like we have to be careful not to make something where there isn't anything. Mm. And when I heard about the story, my first instinct was to question the motives. Mm. Uh, for someone to say, I need more children, in, I need more children between the ages of 13 and 15 in my high school. Mm. Would, you, would you judge them for that? No, they deal with kids. That's what, that's what they deal with. Um, churches deal with people. They deal with human beings. And if they noticing there's a lopsidedness in the demographic or race, they need to discover ways to, uh, to, to capture that audience. The faith, the gospel, Christianity, is trying to propagate the gospel to as many people as possible, uh, despite the age, despite the gender, location, country, whatever. And I would be concerned if your crowd does not reflect the, the nation. Um, so, so I, I would call it maybe the intention behind it. Exactly. I'm, I'm just questioning what the was intention. the intention? What was the intention? Maybe they. And it's also another thing about sensitivity in the way you talk. Remember having an incident um, at work where uh, one of our colleagues of a different race mm. said something mm. because of her race, one, and the, the plainness of what she said without an understanding of how sensitive that topic was, it was interpreted quite Are negatively. You ask me what she said. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, but people just have to be sensitive. You know that uh, a, a people group are being um, misused for victimized. for, for uh, victimized in some some uh, areas and history in some areas monetized. Mm. Uh, whole industries are being built on these on mm. our culture. Mm. Then you you best be sensitive with the way you express your thoughts or desires. Mm -hmm. So that, that's just like, that's my thought. I, I wonder, Linda, like if um, Joseph Solomon and that particular church he was at, if that particular community had representation of black people, because the context of that, like you say, it's very important to consider the context of how things are said. So sometimes people are not really looking for a token black. I'll just say plainly. Sometimes Maybe they just the, wait. Can we, can we, without losing your train of thought, you mentioned a phrase that I don't understand. What a token talking? black is uh, kind of like what we do here in South Africa, where we have what we call quotas mm -hmm. uh, in sports. I'm just making an example where they'll say, "Hey, uh, in rugby, there's just too many white players. We need more black players." Or in cricket, there's too. I'm oversimplifying mm -hmm. that. Or in the workspace, hey, in management, we have too many white heads. Let's get couple of black faces in there so a token black would be somebody who's used to present uh, kind of a, a face that we are diverse so just getting back to that point I wonder if that particular community 
what are the demographics of that community? Is the pastor, and and like you say, like let's not be too looking for things where they aren't. What if what if they really want to connect and it just came out wrong? What if they just really want to connect? Like hey, we. We need to reach black people. This community has a lot of black people. We don't see a lot of black people in this church. Mm-hmm. How can we reach them? Or then, if 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 the community or the context, there's no reflection of what you're looking for, then I question it. What I'm saying is, if the community is, let's say it's a it's a community like Santon or Danefern, then. I mean, the demographics are just so diverse in a place like Danefern. So it's like, yeah, why are you even looking for blacks here? But let's say if the community is like uh, Midrand, let's say, where there's, it's an urban space, but there's a lot of black people there, and you're a white pastor, and you don't have a lot of black people in your church, then if, if the concern is from a real place where you're like, hey, wait, we're in Midrand, we're a white church, but there's not a lot of black people want to reach I just want to know. I, think I would just like to understand that. My thing is that we're living in a space and time where diversity and inclusion has not become something that needs to be done because it's the right thing, but because people can now monetize and they can capitalize on it. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's your point, Mdeni. Mm. So that's, that's my main issue. That's that mm. we're, not, we're not shooting straight. Mm. And sometimes... Um, from a different perspective, someone can hear you saying this and being like, yeah, let's try not to be too sensitive. Let's, let's, let's actually look for something that's actually there and not there. Then it's like, but you're, you're discrediting my struggle. Mm. You're discrediting what is actually happening. Mm. You know? So wow. it's a very tricky one. Mm. It is a tricky one. A so tricky my one. next point would be, can other cultures, um, well, can, can we use other cultures for practices of money? Yeah. Mm. Can we appropriate it for our, our agenda? Um, when you or for about, our own agenda. Yeah. You so, talk about fashion. Right. Like a, a, a particular brand says to themselves, uh, we have noticed something wonderful about this culture. Right. These, these people and the way they dress or the way they look and behave. Mm-hmm. We're going to take that and use that to help us push our agenda. Companies mostly are looking to make profit. Mm-hmm. Profit driven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And then that's, I think that's the question that, you, that's yeah. a, that you're asking. What are, what are your thoughts? You mentioned that the instance with Kanye and mm. um, fashion and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah I just think um, it's a fine line. It's a very fine line. It's a very fine line. And it's, and it's really defined in the practice in, in terms of how are you using that culture. I mean, for example, I feel anyway. Rihanna, Rihanna just recently went on the cover of Vogue and she was in the Chinese attire and all of that and people took offense to that. Is it? And it's like, but I mean, she's at a fashion shoot um, and she, you know, I guess the, the people or the setup was that she just rocks, you know, that Chinese wear, but some people took offense to it. It's like, why are you even wearing that? What's the reference? Why are you referencing the Chinese culture? For what? Why are you doing it? You know, so, so it, it's a very fine line to say, how do you, how does me from another culture, uh, let's, let's say um, at work, they have a, a function at work. And then my own uh, convictions, I come dressed as in an Indian attire. Am I accessorizing the Indian attire? 
it's for me it's all about the practice when we're talking about accessorizing a culture when you're from a different culture it's all about how do you practice that how do, what does it look like i was about to like ask that being the devil's advocate i would say some people think that if a black person does it it's okay but someone yes. of a different race rocks up in um a hindu um attire in the, in the indian attire in a kenyan attire like what happens accessorizing culture is a very tricky it's one very tricky. Yeah. super tricky what was, your, what was your appreciating your i'm appreciating the culture and that's why i'm wearing ah. the the sutu culture even though i'm zulu you know? hey. i'm zulu but i love the ndebele um traditional attire mm. and i want to have the collection but someone would be like but you're not um, adding to the community, the Nibelo community in any way. But you're out here rocking. It's a litmus test to be able to go back and add value where you are taking. I wonder. I really that's, wonder. That's, that. a, that's a difficult one. Because there's so much that we're taking from so many different cultures. Right we now, that we, we're not even aware of what we have taken right now in the room. True. You look at fashion, you look at the furniture. There's so much that we have taken from so many different places. And we need to go back there and, and say thank you or, or give to... Huh? Exactly, <laughs> I hear you. It and that's a valid point. Thing, it, it's like, how, like, how? It's a valid point. It's a very I valid watch point. anime. Yes. I create a, what if I create an anime? Am I supposed to go back and say thanks for anime? But, now that's a good point. If you create an anime without an understanding of the actual Japanese the culture, the mythologies that feel that, then... Then aren't you a vulture? Aren't you accessorizing it? Mm -hmm. If you have no understanding. So if I have understanding? Then at least you, you create better because you're creating from a place of knowledge. So you know you know how to do it, you know how to not offend Japanese people. Mm. That's how I, that's my point. My point is it's all about the people who, who because I mean, like you're saying now, like we there's so many different cultures going on here. Yeah. Like I'm Kasa, but there's not there's no Kasa attire on me. Yeah. There's nothing that there's nothing that says I represent the Kasa culture. Yeah. You know, but but the way I live my life out then, then you have to really get into the nitty gritties. How do you, what are your practices? What what do you do? What do you do that, that shows it's, it's crazy because like you were saying, there's a fine line. Like my my friend's older sister went to Thailand recently and she has um, a lot of statues of Buddha around her house. And she found out that it's actually an insult to have them in di on display like an ornament or whatever. You need to put them on a shrine. Mm. And for her it was just appreciation. Mm. You know? And mm. she's like, if someone um, Hindu walked in, they'd mm. be so insulted they wouldn't even enter the house. Wow. So it's really a fine line. Wow. Wow. It's crazy. It's really crazy. Crazy. Yeah. There's a word that my brother-in-law uses for cases like this. It's, not, it's He does not use moral or immoral. I forgot the word. You guys have to forgive me. But the idea behind it is you use objects, uh, specifically creative, artistic, cultural object, objects as they were intended, mm -hmm. without discrediting discrediting the author or uh, misusing um, it, Got those you. cultural objects. So we just have to be very careful of that. That's, good. Like, That's uh, a good point. I, I actually mentioned yeah, th it. These things it. are the intellectual properties of many generations and groups of exactly. people. And the best we can do, if not 
pay the guys who came up with the idea because mm -hmm. you might not it might not be a person it might right. be a people it might be history the best we could do in in uh act of homage to them yes. is to at least understand yes why they made what they made you touched the word and, homage yeah so going back to the core of our conversation yeah. and how does this apply to us as christians mm. how does this really apply to us yeah, yeah because you know christian when you are christian your culture is the lifestyle of Jesus, mm -hmm. primarily. When you become Christian, what defines your cultural practices should be rooted or primarily rooted in the lifestyle or the practices that Christ lived, ideally. I agree. It takes, ideally. It takes precedence. That takes precedence. And whenever it clashes with our culture, then we choose to be countercultural. Exactly. But in areas where it allows us the freedom to choose. To choose. Jesus, Jesus culture, the gospel takes precedence. Yes. In areas where it does not define what we should do, we have the freedom to choose. Right. And you look at Christianity and over history, its fluidity, its growth has, mm. is, I would largely attribute it to the fact that it integrates into different cultures. Yes. It is not so, it's not so strange, it's so rigid, that when you bring it to Africa, Africans cannot practice it. Mm -hmm. But we can in the fullness of our creative mm -hmm. expression. When you take it west, it's still so viable. Take it to you take Shilanda. it south, everywhere. And it takes on these different flavors, yet the same core message. That's Jesus it. Christ saves us. That's it. And it's like the salt, the exact same way that we right. Exactly. The other salt, of the salt of the world. Right. On different types of dishes, same salt. Uh, that's good. I so, like so your bars. Bars. Facts. My blackness is not an accessory. Yeah. Is there any other talking point? Is there any other thing you want to go through? We got it. We got it. Yeah. Frank, I feel like Frank always just like. <laughs> always trying to say something. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's what it is. My blackness is not an accessory. And it's just something that we really need to talk about. I feel like. Because people are always just trying to be politically correct because people are quote-unquote sensitive nowadays. Mm -hmm. You can't say anything about anything without being, without being trolled on Twitter or Instagram <laughs> or Facebook. But we just we really need a space like this where we can talk about all of these things. You yeah. know, judgment aside, no one judging anyone. Everyone has you know, yeah. the space to talk about what they feel in their mind. My last word concerning my blackness is not an accessory. Right? That, that's the time. That's the time. Cool. My last word is understand what you're trying to get involved in. Yeah. Don't, don't take it at face value and appropriate it as a facade. It comes across as really um, ill willed, yeah. um, shallow, and I don't think that's what we are. So, uneducated, and I think that's what Christ inspires us to behave like. No, true, um, true. He grew up as a human being. For almost 30 years, understanding the Jewish culture in order to influence Bro. it. Mm. I mean, I think those who really want to get involved in influencing a specific sphere of culture or a specific people group, they need to get down and dirty and understand those people, not just stand from a distance, take it at face value yeah. and appropriate it, because we will see what hides behind the mask. Oh, that's a good Because we're, we're, we're the vessels of God, and yeah. God is a God that meets you at your place of need. Thank exactly. you. you know, so I'm not sure when the Bible was, if it was Paul, or he went to the different communities, he went to the Jews, he went to the Gentiles, yes. and he practiced 
um, their practices, their cultural practices, not because he was doing it because he believes in it, but because he's trying to show that the glory of God, everything that I do, as long as I'm doing it for the glory of God, mm. and I'm trying to reach people, and I'm meeting them, I'm meeting them at their place of need, the exact same way God would, as a vessel of God, so I feel like, mm. by all means. Yeah. By all means. But you can be black and be a Christian. You can be Indian and be a Christian. You can be Asian and be a Christian. Because you can be pink and be a Christian. Ultimately, I'm here to push Christ. And it's like pink. <laughs> oh, pink. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the pink people out there. I don't know any. But Majin Blue is the only So, but just the power of Christ and the way he lived his life. And the way he came to identify with our culture, the way he came to identify with human culture, but uphold the standard mm. that made others say, yeah. Oh, that's what, oh, is that what it's about? Exactly. That standard that breaks across all cultures, man. Man, I was about to, big facts. You better, big, you better give your life to Jesus Christ. <laughs> and if you wanted to find out how to do it, hit us up in the DM, Special man. Screen. Touch the screen. Ah.